Hallelujah. Uh, there's just so much here. We could go for 80 more, but we, uh, we probably will not. On the other hand, Brother Hagin always says there is repetition is the way we learn. Just talking about it over and over. So it says in Romans chapter 13, verse 14, and this is what we want to do at River Church. Our job, our job here, our assignment, our calling is, is we are not a worship center. I know some churches that have that in their name, you know, uh, Bethel Worship Center or Bethel uh, Praise Center or something like that. Well, we love praise and we love worship, but that's not our calling. And, you know, we can get plenty of worship here. It's individual. If you have to have a band or if you have to have a hot singer up here that's got the latest and greatest styles on and a big mic and all sorts of stuff to worship God, then you're pretty little. You're pretty little in the things of God. Uh, if you're not worshiping him at home, you can't really get much out of church. There, I got an amen. Hallelujah. It's the truth. I don't, they don't like to say it. They don't like to hear it. It's, if it's entertainment, if anybody ever entertains us, we've been failed. This is, not, this is not the place for entertainment. It's everywhere. It's all over. I'm not saying that, you, that uh, that's not the calling of some churches. I love Joel Osteen. But he, he wouldn't work here. We couldn't preach his messages, and yet he's known around the world. Uh, I, I got Sirius XM on my pickup, and uh, I was going through the channels because uh, uh, I got it for 60s on the 60s on six. That I want it's five dollars a month. So I you know I just I'm just I'm declaring all my sins before you. Just everything is is I'm just I'm just open here. 60s on six. I'm. I'm, I'm kind of a nut for that stuff. I like it. I don't like the 70s. I don't like the 80s. Can't stand the 90s, and I don't even know what they're doing after that. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to know. Metal is what you're supposed to build a boat out of, or a ship, and not... not. But anyway, uh, uh, Joel's... Uh, he's got his own channel. He's got a whole... It's the Joel Osteen channel, and he's preaching, and boy, it's good. It's not got scripture in it. You know, there's no scripture in it that I can tell. He might refer to a scripture, but unless you know the word already, you wouldn't even know it was. He just goes on. But he's got a big place. He's got he's reaching people that we will never touch and they would they they might be lost if it wasn't for Joel. But he wouldn't work here and uh, we wouldn't work there. We wouldn't be able to produce what he produces. So it takes all of us is my point. It takes all of us doing our part, and so we're going to do our part at River Church, but we're not a worship center. We're, we, we are called to be a house of prayer. We're, we're called to be a house of healing. That's, that's who we are. Whether we're doing it right now or pushing that, we're on track, but we're not, we're not, uh, we're not a fellowship church. And I love it. You love it. We love to get together. But we do not build this church around that. We don't have Wednesday night cell groups where they have the motorcycle people over here and the quilting club over here and they meet on Wednesday. I'll tell you the truth. This might shock you. There's a very large church in the Dallas area. It's renowned. It's got 30,000 members. Uh, I have a, uh, a little girl that was in my Christian school when we were in West Texas. She goes to that church and, the, and they meet at a wine bar on Wednesday nights. It's church sanctioned. You know, whatever you do with wine, I don't care. You know I don't care. I, I haven't. If you ask me, I'll tell you how I care. But, but, you know, that just doesn't seem right. But I'm not touching that. I'm just, but we're not going to ever have one. 
if you just want to know, will this church someday meet my greatest dream so we can go to the wine bars, whatever those are? I guess you go taste wine. Is that what? I think so. We just heard it. That's all we've done. We've just heard other people that said that. But that's not us. We got to find we can't do it all. You know, we can't do it all. So we equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. We that's what we do. Now, we want to put fellowship in there and we want to sing loud and sing strong. We, we want all that stuff to be attached to that. But none of those tails are going to wag the dog. The word is what we're going to stick with. I believe, I believe when, when your sound system goes down and you can't, uh, you can't ramp up and amp up the, the music and so nobody can worship, you've had a failure. It'll never bother us because we never had that. We is like, is the mic on? We don't know and we don't care. It doesn't change anything. Is the overhead going? Is that we don't know, we don't care because we can do it. We can do it a cappello if we have to. Because we've, we've developed out of that adversity, we've developed a worship out of our heart. Not making excuses, not saying we couldn't do better, want to do better. Want, some people have said in the past, we don't much like your music. And, and I would say to them, I don't much like it either. But it's just what we can do right now. It's just what we do. And it's just the vehicle anyway. It's not worship. It's just the vehicle you put your worship in whatever vehicle we're driving. We, we roll up in a Ford. We come up in a Buick, whatever. You just get in and you drive. You get there. That's the way it is with worship. You just lift your heart, get Jesus in the front of your, uh, uh, of, of your everything, and it doesn't really matter what's going on. You can get there if you got it right in here. Amen? So we don't make a big deal about that. But what we do make a big deal about is the Word of God changing us. Because it's the only thing that'll go forever. So in verse 14 of chapter 13, it says, let's read it together, the first part. Ready, read. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So the enemy of putting on the Lord Jesus is the world, the flesh. It's just here. It's always going to be here. And so we can't do anything about that. But we can subdue it. We can dominate it. We can get up every day and say, I got a list that's, that's a mile long. And, and it's just, but I'm going to put on the Lord Jesus. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to make it work. It's going to work because I put on the Lord Jesus. It doesn't mean you get saved. It means that you, you stop the noise and you stop the, the, the agendas and the schedule. And you say, Lord, you're number one. If we don't do anything today except just sit here in your presence. I mean, you can't. You don't have all day. They'll fire you or whatever. So you, you're not, but you're saying, I would if you, if you asked me to. You're Lord. So we're talking about lordship here. In Philippians chapter 3, slip over there. This is what the Word talks about. All these times in the Word. You know, preachers want to preach about sin. You know, well, get your skirts down, get your hair up, get your, get your gold, you know, all that stuff. It's just nah, 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 and talk about drinking and, you know, we know not, we know what to do. I can't tell you what to do. The word's not real clear about it. It just says, it just says make Jesus Lord and put him first. And all these things will be added to you. So in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, where it says, What things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. 
So right here, Paul says, I'm going to tell you my priorities. Everything you see me have and do and my reputation and my uh, all the things that you think, wow, Paul's got it going on. He's look what he's driving. Look where he's living. Look what he's wearing. He said none of it means a thing in the uh, in the uh, New Living. It says I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Are you all with that right there? Does that mark us? Does that speak to you? Like it does to me, it's like, I got stuff, but I'm holding it loosely. Yeah, I, yeah. If the Lord said, I, Michael, sell that house and, and uh, give that car away, I want you to move to Borneo or whatever. It'd be the thrill of my life to hear from heaven with an assignment. It'd be, it'd be so awesome to say, Lord, you're, I'm qualified. You're qualified to take a step. And I'll, I'll work on you on the way. I, I just like Paul. I'm like that. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. He goes on and says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Jesus, Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. What he's saying there is, is there's lots of stuff that's trying to get in between you and the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus. Now, we've got him as Savior, but we're making him Lord. There's lots of stuff trying to step in and say, look at me, pick me, choose me. And Paul said, don't do it. Keep him. A clear path. First Corinthians chapter six. You know this one. We talk about this one infinitely. First Corinthians chapter six. This scripture marked me several years ago, and I just cannot get too much of it. It just keeps me straight. Well, if you don't think I'm straight, you ought to see me without this scripture then. Hallelujah. In verse 19, it says, what? What? So 18 says, flee fornication and every sin. He says, what? Know ye not? You, you're complaining about that? You're saying we have to give up all this stuff? We have to, we have to stop what's fun? We have to be fuddy-duds? We have to be, uh, you know, no fun, no, no life he, because we have to give up all this stuff? He said, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Would you point to yourself with me and say, I am not my own. That's it. Uh, you remember that uh, thing that came up several years ago uh, called uh, I Am Second. It's IamSecond.com. And uh, it started out in a local church that, uh, and now it's, it's worldwide. And it's testimonies of people that have just said, I've had enough of looking after me. I'm going to make Jesus Lord, and now I am second. So I, I pointed to myself, because uh, this came up this week, I saw it as a bumper sticker or a window sticker on a uh, truck that said, I am second. And I knew that was speaking to me about lordship. Lord, I'm second. Be second. Michael, be second. Don't be first in anything. Everywhere I've messed up, maybe y'all can relate to this, every time I've messed up in what I did, it was because I didn't check in with number one. <laughs> I said, you know, I'm sure the Lord likes this. It's, it's this and it's that. I'm sure he's good with it. 
He wasn't. You know, the, uh, remember in, um, in Exodus, Jethro came to Moses and uh, he was judging the people from early to late. All their troubles. They would come before him and say, well, my neighbor's throwing his beer cans over the fence and, and I don't think it's right. So I threw them back and this, that, and the other. And so Moses was judging. And Jethro, his father-in-law, came to him and said, Moses, God sent me, he said, the good thing you do is not good. Doing good things is not necessarily good. There, you could do good things all day. Soup kitchens, feed the hung, uh, uh, cl- uh, clothe the poor, homeless, so you could have them in your house. You could be covered up with good things. And the Lord would say, you know, I didn't assign you to that. I wanted you to fund that. I wanted you to give it to someone that I did call to it. And, uh, and you fund them, but I called you to be over here. He would say to us, the good thing you're doing, it's not that good. A lot of ministries, a lot of people don't like the church because they think we neglect the poor. And they want to do the poor. So they put all their tithe and all their money into the poor. And they're very exalted. They're very um, proud of that. Like, well, we're doing something. They're up there turning on their air conditioning and, and, uh, and we're over here feeding the poor. The Lord wants you to do the poor, but giving to the poor is the least profitable or form of giving there is. The word says in Proverbs, if you, if you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord and he will repay. So you just get your money back, which yay, yay. <laughs> we gave $100 to that couple two weeks ago. Yay. That money's coming back because they were the poor. That's all that was, was the poor. And, uh, but that's not given, it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's not opening the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot hope to receive, uh, you cannot receive. That's just ministering. So that's wrong. That's wrong doctrine, isn't it? To say the poor are everything. Because Jesus said, the poor you'll have with you always. And he said, if you neglect the poor, what did he say about the neglect the poor? You have no part in the kingdom. So we have to minister to the poor, but that's not what he's called us to do. Nobody. Now, he does call people uh, like there's uh, the ministries in Birmingham that help folks that, uh, what, what is that, what, what's that uh, ministry over there that uh, helps men? Jimmy Hale. Wow. I, I mean, I just step back and say, y'all are awesome. Y'all are awesome. I'm going to help you do that. But they're called to do it. They're good at it. That God's anointed them. But he never called us to do that. But he did call us to do some things, and we got to do them. So I am second is a rare departure for most Christians. I know that you that they'd all say, yes, yes, I am second. But it doesn't matter what you say, it's what you do. And second is not what most people are doing. So we don't put ourselves under to be second. We just make Jesus first. Did you hear me? You don't be a worm to make Jesus Lord. You make Jesus Lord. And then it works. Um, I had an experience a long time ago that changed my life. I have not always been a pastor. I was a farmer. And I'm telling you, I liked farming. I was given to it, and I made, Jesus, I made farming my Lord. I loved farming. It was very unkind to me. Uh, I hurt my back because I would do anything uh, at the farm. I'd lift any kind of engine. If nobody was around, I would just do it. I would, I would meet the, the sun. You know, I've told you I'd meet the sun on my tractor. I would uh, come in for lunch, watch Days of Our Lives, uh, 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Take my breeches off because it's full of dirt, my boots, and come in, eat lunch. And then that woman that I had, uh, she watched it. I just was being with her, of course. I didn't like it. I didn't care for it. I didn't know any. But anyway, that's what we did. And then I'd go back and I'd work until uh, dinner, and then I would go back after dinner. I'd go back until dark. I did that every day, almost every day. Went to the Grand Canyon one time, took a big vacation, went to the Grand Canyon and back in five days. From, from, y'all, crazy. And, and, it, and we were laid by. The crop was laid by. There was nothing to come home to. Just I needed to be next to those little plants. It's just crazy. I'd made the farm my Lord. So when we would water, when we would irrigate, what we did, uh, that was before the circle systems, you had systems that would, that would sprinkle, that would water a section of ground, like these side rolls. You've seen them. It's a pipe with big wheels on it. And then you would uh, shut the well off. It would drain through uh, drains each one. And then you'd go out to the middle. You'd dr uh, walk out to the middle of the line. So would be eighth of a mile in and eighth of a mile out. You'd start an engine, had a little hydraulic pump on it, and you would roll it up 45 feet and... Uh, then go back and hook up the connector, make, move it over 45 feet, and go start the well. And you would water six more hours. Well, the only thing is, is at midnight, no, you, you couldn't roll it up at midnight. So what you had to do is you had to come over here and have you a, a line of handset, which means the pipe that's 50, 40 feet long, and you would unhook it from the middle, the aluminum pipe. You, you could push it in, twist it, pull it out, pick it up, and walk it with the pipe up 45 feet, put it down, and guide, guide it into the, uh, the, the couple there, put it in, twist it, hook it, and put it down and go back and do it again. And that's a quarter of a mile. That's 1,320 feet. So it's a lot of work. It's, it's, it's a lot of work. And so you would do that every day so that at midnight when you were going to have to change, you would switch the water into that line and it, so it could run till 6 in the morning. And at 6 in the morning, you would, meet, you would go out there and roll that thing up and switch into that. This was four times a day you had to roll this thing up and you had several of them. It's, it's just, it was terrible. And I did this. I did this every summer. And one, and so I'd go out, I was a Sunday school teacher for men's, uh, young men. Uh, I was a Sunday school teacher, and I really enjoyed that. But you know what happened on Sunday morning? Y'all know what would go out on Sunday morning? I'd go out there to, uh, to set, come out of the hand move. I would move my system up. Well, the engine wouldn't start, or the coupler would blow out, or a rat or a rabbit had got into it and clogged up the end joint. And... Uh, it was crazy. I had to, and then I would run in at Sunday school time and just throw on some something and run into Sunday school and then go to church. And I was just give out because Sunday the devil worked on me every Sunday. Y'all know how that works? Y'all know that? But that's what we did. That's just what we did. You go to work on Tuesday because you, if you don't, you don't have a job on Wednesday. You just, that's just what we do. And if the boss said, I need you on Sunday, we say, well, I go to church. Well, I need you. We're doing inventory. you got to be here. And there's kind of an or else that's implied there. And so we just say, okay, are y'all here? 
And so Jesus is not Lord. Because if you ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? He says, I need you to be in church or I need you to be. I need, because the thing would get worse. It wouldn't. Then the boss would say, well, we, we need to get ready for a sale on Monday. I need you here to set up on Sunday if you're in retail. It just goes on and on. So one day I went out there and I was just I just wanted to make Jesus my Lord. But I was locked in, went out there and the engine wouldn't start. Or it would start, or the well wouldn't start. Uh, big engines, big V8 engines on these uh, wells. And uh, I just said no. I just said no. And I just shut it down, went to the house, and went to Sunday school. And I never, and then so what I would do is I would come out on Sunday morning, and I would shut it all off. I'd be out there at 6 o'clock, and I'd shut all my water off, and I would not start it back again till Monday morning. Well, my dad heard about that, and he lost it. Now, he wasn't over me, but we were partners. He, we, 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 he lost it. What, son? What are you going to lose your crop? I said, God will provide. It was a big step of faith for me because I'd borrowed $150,000, and if you don't pay it back, then you got to go get a job and pay it back I mean, it was just, there was, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Lots of money for a little 24-year-old, 6-year-old. Lots of money and lots of responsibility. But I said, God, this isn't working. I'm, the devil is eating me alive. And so I did it. And it worked. I had a crop. And it was as good as anybody's crop that was out there seven days a week. And, you know, I was starting out as a young man, and I didn't have any money, so I, they all had circle systems because they'd been farming, and they had their land paid for and all that, but I was just starting out. I was just getting in. So I had to do it the old way, the hand move pipe and all that. So I, Jesus came through. That's my point. I made him Lord in just a simple way. It wasn't because I was tired of it. It's just that I was wanting to, to, to teach Sunday school without having my life wrecked. And because uh, if you did, then you had to be out there after church. It wasn't like it ended there at six o'clock in the morning. Then you had to you had to switch at noon. So you had to th run home and throw on and go out and, and and then it wouldn't start. And then you had to be back there at six that evening. Then you had to switch out at midnight. It was quite a life. One time I went out there and she said, let me ride with you. So she rode with me and we got stuck had a pipe come open and drove off into a swamp and just got stuck. Well, we're six miles from town and there's no flashlight. There's not even a flashlight. And there she is. And there I am. So I got to walk in the dark for, you know, a quarter of a mile, find a tractor, somehow get it started. It was just terrible. It was just a terrible life. And yet I loved it. It's crazy. But then I took it to another level. Now in West Texas, I know I'm taking a lot of time with this, but I'm telling y'all, no matter if I can do this, if I did this, and I didn't know much. I wasn't, I, I was not much. I, I wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost, but Jesus will honor this. So we had, we did what we called sand fight back then. The, the land out there in West Texas is real sandy. And if it rains on it, it melts the clods and they form a crust over the furrow or over the, the bed. And, and then the sand blows all the time after the wind blows. If the sand would ever blow, then if, if it didn't have clods in the field, it would just run across it like a, 
like an ice lake, like, like blowing snow on an ice lake. It would just blow across there and it would burn the plants. And they would, you'd go out the next day and what was a nice green cotton plant, it would just be a black spindle, a, a black toothpick thing. It was just black and it would be dead and you, you'd lost your crop. So everybody, did I say everybody? Everybody waited until as, as quick as you could get in the field after it rained, you'd pull a sand fighter, which was a toothy thing that was real wide, and it would, just, it would just stir up the dirt and make clots, and the sand wouldn't hurt. Everybody did that. Well, if, it's blue, if it rained on Saturday, you know wherever farmer was? They weren't in church. Sunday morning, every one of them was on a sand fighter. That's what we did, because if it blew, you'd lose your whole crop. We're talking about one day, you'd lose your whole crop. And the bank, and your family, I mean, you, you're without. And one day... I said, I'm not going to sand fight on Sunday. Well, you, it's, it's the same thing that says I'm, I'm going to, it's a terrible thing. It was just the most terrible thing you could say. Church was, church will be there next week, son. But if your crop's not there, you won't be there next week. It was big stakes. I know it doesn't sound very important, but now if it didn't blow, you were okay. It's not like it was going to blow. A lot of times it didn't, but if it ever did, and I just told, I just told myself, Lord, I'm going to give you this crop. I cannot do it. Except the Lord build the farm, he who laboreth in vain, he who sand fighteth. And so I made a deal with the Lord. He didn't ask me. I just was, it was lordship. I, it's one thing to stand up in church and say, oh, Jesus is Lord and kumbaya and, you know, we love him. But it's another thing to practice lordship. And I'm telling you, if I'm anywhere in my life, it's not because of my studies or my schooling or because of some great mentor. It's because one day I just sat down with me and said, Jesus, I, I'm going to trust you. And so I said, I will not sand fight on Sunday. It doesn't matter how hard it rained on Saturday. It doesn't matter how important that crop was. I would not sand fight. Well, my dad, he's a nice man. Or he can be, hallelujah. But farming is important. And you just didn't do that. It's just you just didn't do that. You just didn't take a job. You just, you just, and I said, I'm not going to do it. It never blew on Sunday from that day forward after a rain. It never blew. Never. Never. I could tell you all my worm story where we just would not poison for bollworms. And they were everywhere. And they were, if you didn't spray, if you didn't poison, you had no crop. But if you did spray, then you had so much money in your crop that even though you had a crop, you couldn't make money. You were going to lose money. And so we went out to every corner of the field, and we took Malachi chapter 3 and just said, uh, it's, it's, we just anointed it with oil on every corner and said, Lord, we, we give you this crop, and we're trusting you. Well, bow worms did come in that year. Whew, they were everywhere. I've told you all this story, but I'm just tying it in with this other. And uh, we said, we're not going to spray. We're going to make money this year. We're going to trust God. And if, 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 if we're out of business, then we don't know how to make Jesus Lord anyway. Therefore, we need to get into something where Jesus doesn't have to be Lord to make a living. And we had no bow worms. 
and we had no spraying bill. And I made a bale and two-thirds, which was huge back then, huge. We made uh, 800 pounds lint per acre. And at 50 cents a, a, a pound, that's $400 an acre. There, we're, we're, you're, you're a wash in cash. You're just, you, 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 yeah. And we did it. But everybody around me sprayed, and if they didn't spray, they didn't have a crop. And the story is, I heard later, is that when I would tell people, because, you know, farmers talk and, and mess around, well, how, who, who sprayed for you? Well, we didn't spray. Oh, your banker cut you off. Uh, no, he doesn't know about this. Well, what are you doing? Uh, we're not spraying. Jesus is going to save us. Big statement for a farmer, because they're carnal. You know, they're just, they're, you know, farmers, you just know. We, we, they love God, but... but Stay off the farm, God. I'm, you stay in church, I'll stay at the farm, and the twain shall never meet. And we did not spray, and we had a great crop. And everybody around me sprayed and sprayed and sprayed. Made no money that year. Couldn't pay out. I wanted you all to know that. I wanted to get it on record that that's how I started. And here's what happens. When you do something like that, when you do anything, for lordship, not because you're trying to be a hot shot, not because I was lazy and just didn't want to sand fight on Sundays. Lord, I'm tired and I don't want to sand fight. It was not that. Because usually I'd have somebody working for me and I'd say, you know, Juan or Lewis or whatever, you go drive. But we shut her down. We gave the farm to God on Sunday. Just said no more. And God didn't care about Sundays. I'm, I'm telling you, it's not even like God cares about Sundays. He just wants you and I to have a Sabbath. And our culture says it is Sunday. But it was lordship in my heart. That's what I'm saying. I could have said we're not going to stand fight on Monday. But that would have been pretty futile. And so we had no worms. We paid out, which means we paid off all our notes and had money left over, which had never happened. Here's the point. Once you do that and God comes through, you're unstoppable. You're just like, I trust him now. Everybody else sprayed or everybody else lost their crop. Everybody else was out there sand fighting on Sunday. Because of me, though, they, they never had to because it wasn't going to blow. Not my part of the world. Wherever my farm was, it wasn't blowing. But I'm not bragging on me. I'm just saying Jesus met me where I was. I heard the story this weekend about a 91-year-old man that does not go to church, but he, he loves God in his own way. And... Uh, and uh, he came back from the doctor, and the doctor told him, uh, you, have a, you have a blockage in your colon, and uh, you're 91. What are we going to do with a 91-year-old? What, what can we do? If we work on you, we're going to mess you up worse than this is, and this is going to get you. And they said of this man, that, uh, who is not a strong Christian, as far as I know, he does not demonstrate God at all, does not, uh, not at all, doesn't go to church, doesn't want to go to church, but he sat down and he cried and said, God, help me. God, help me. You'd think he'd be done at 91, I mean, or 89, whatever he was. And uh, uh, she said of him, said, he doesn't, doesn't even know God that much, but just sat down and said, God, I want to serve you. I want you to help me. I need you to help me. And said a warm thing came over him, and it was like something went around him from the back and grabbed him and pulled him in. He was pretty kind of upset about it because he'd never experienced this. 
And uh, then it left, and he went to the doctor the next week, and they said, you're good. There's no blockage. Your, your levels are good. Everything's fine. You're good. So it's what you do in here. You know, I, I didn't make a big deal about it, and I didn't, you know, just went to every corner of the farm and took some, it was Pompeii. That's not Pompeii. I don't know if that would have worked, but this was Pompeii virgin olive oil. And we poured it out and said, Lord, you said in Malachi 3 that for the tither you would rebuke the devourer for his sake and his vine would not cast his fruit before the time. And that's what happens when bowl worms get in. They go into the bowl, they eat the inside out, and the, the bowl dies and it falls off. And you have no bowl or you have a poor grade of cotton. And, and I had a crop. And I learned to trust God at the farm. I just, and, and it wasn't like it was low stakes. It was everything. I had everything on the line. If one, one misstep, and we're out of business, and, the, and owe a lot of money. You owe 100000 making a wage? Wow. You gotta, then you got to file bankruptcy, or you got to, you know, you got to, it's a, it's a bad thing. So I stepped out on the water, and that's what you got to do. And I couldn't tell you how to do it or what to do, but I'm telling you, it was powerful for my life. And so other people would try to duplicate that. They'd say, well, you know, I see Michael, he's did this and that. No, you, you got to make Jesus Lord. It's not something you just do as a matter of procedure. You do it inside and then it gives you the courage to just not. I went out on Sunday morning and I was there at six o'clock in the morning and I shut down every well, which was good. It lets your wells rest and let's, but made a good crop. Isn't that the bottom line? It's just make a good crop or to, 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 to live comfortably. Isn't that the bottom line? It's not that we have to be locked into our jobs and we have to, we just have to make, we, we have to be funded. That's the only reason we should go to work is I need to be funded. <laughs> not that we have to go to work, but that's not the culture. Uh, uh, let me just say this and we won't stay long, but, uh, uh, I heard someone say this week, it's funny when you got a message going, how they'll talk, they say, uh, they said, uh, I want to, uh, concerning the will of God, they said, well, what about when the Lord wants to do something one way, but you want to do it another way, and you finally just say, Lord, I'm going to do it your way instead of my way. Do y'all hear something in that when somebody says that, does, or does that sound okay? It didn't sound okay to me, and so I got to meditating on it, and I realized that, that God puts the, His desires in our heart, and He never asks you and I to do something that we don't want to do. He, gives, he changes our want to do. He, he, he doesn't say, that's bad, don't do it, which the Word says, that's bad, don't do it. Flee fornication is what we just read, or don't steal. But he gives you, he convicts you inside and says, ah, trust me, make me Lord. You don't have to steal, you, don't have, you can have pleasure besides that, or you can be funded besides that. But people have the idea to make Jesus Lord, they have to pull off of what's their life that's fun and exciting, but worldly, and just sacrifice to do it God's way. Y'all know that won't work. Have y'all ever had the piece of chocolate cake in the 
refrigerator or on the cake stand. It doesn't last on the cake stand at our house. But you go, Lord, I, I'm, I'm, I'm dieting, and so I won't do it. But it's torture. Until you don't want it or you can, you can't do it. I've eaten many a cake on a diet. <laughs> you don't lose near as fast, but. So I'm asking the Lord to help me change my desires. What do you want, Lord? Well, I know you, I know you want this. I know you want this. So that's not even, we're not even asking, do you want me to do this? Yes, it's in the book. Do that. But Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? I don't want to go to be a missionary. That's what I always said. I don't. And so I wouldn't get close to the Lord. I would not uh, go down to the front when they were saying, who feels called of God? I would not go down because I thought he was going to put me on a boat and send me to some nation to eat grass. See, in the Baptist church, they would show films about missionaries. The missionaries would come in and say, oh, we're in Borneo, we're in Philippines. Then they would show films of you know, drinking nasty water, eating grasshoppers, cutting up iguanas and roasting. And then they said, anybody want to go? Well, I didn't want to go. We were having, we were having macaroni and cheese for supper. I, there's no macaroni in Borneo. And I did not want to go, so I wouldn't commit to be, because I knew if he got you, if he got you, then he'd ask you to do something you didn't want to do. And that's false doctrine. That's wrong. He changes you and says, and puts it in you till you say, you know, I'd like to go over there. And then he'll gently say, come go with me. I'll, I'll lead you. I'll tr you can trust me. And we'll say, I'm going to do that. That's how I got to Alabama. Didn't even know where the state was when he said, go to Alabama. I mean, I knew, everybody knows, but I didn't really know. Didn't have the order of the states here and all that. I mean, knew nobody here. So, you just turn your life over to Jesus. You may say, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you Lord. And then he starts nudging you and easing you. And I found that he starts back way early because it takes a long time. It took us a year to pull the trigger for Alabama. It took us a year. We heard him say, I want you to leave. We had a comfortable church, 14 years. Everybody loved us. We had not messed up. We had just, it was good. It was 85 people, boom. And we heard him say, we're going to change. So it took us a year to get it straight and make sure. Because once you leave a church, you can't say, whoops, I'm coming back. Y'all know that? It's gone forever. It's, you got a new pastor. You got, they, they, they cried over you leaving, but you ain't, they didn't cry so much. You can come back, so... Um, Luke 6, 46 says, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? You know that saying that says it's easier to ask forgiveness than it is to ask permission? You know, that's a lot of people, a lot of Christians, I believe, that's how their lordship is, is they just want to do what they want to do. I don't want to ask permission. Lord, can I do this and can I do that? They just want to do it and say, Lord, I'm sorry I'm, I did that. It didn't work out or whatever. Or, Lord, I'll, I'm going to go into business and I'll tithe. Or I'll give you the money, but I want to go in there. They don't ask him if he wants him to go in there. You know that principle that says the Lord's only bound to finish what he starts. It doesn't matter how good it turns out. Lord, I, this turns out good. If, you, if he didn't start it, he doesn't have to finish it. And a lot of stuff comes off the wheels when we don't get him to start it. 
Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. We'll see if we can wind it up here. Talking about making Jesus Lord and how you do that. Because I know everybody in this room wants more of Him. Ever, all of us do. We want more of Him. But we're all just like that missionary eating bugs. We just don't want to... We're not ready to pay the price for that. I thought that's what was necessary, is that you had to prove by eating a bug that, that God was real. You know, like, well, if you don't eat the bug, then you're not really real. Oh, I don't want to eat the bug. I don't want to eat the bug. I don't want to drink the dirty water. I don't want to, I don't want to walk a mile for, for a bath water. I don't. I don't know. It's hot. It's, in, it's, it's hot right there in the tub. It's, it sprays from above. It's clean. It's, there's, a, there's a towel right there, a warm towel. I'm good. I'll read my Bible more, Lord. I'll sacrifice. I'll read my Bible more, Lord. I'll pray. I'll go to Sunday night church. What, Lord, what do you want? Make me a deal. I don't want to eat the bug. And you know, he doesn't work that way. He just puts it in your heart to go there, and then you don't have to eat the bug anyway. All that stuff was messed up. You know, uh, I saw that movie, The Point of the Spear. Have you all ever seen that movie where about the missionaries that went down to an, un, uh, uh, an unsaved, uh, an uncivilized tribe that did not know anything? And they went down there, and they were all martyred. They all died trying to bring the gospel to these people. And they said, it was worth it, though. It was all worth it. Well, I believe you'd go down there with the power of God and give the gospel and not die. You don't have to die. Well, we went down there. It was the will of God that we die. I think you got something wrong with your theology there. I, I, think, I think where he sends you, he funds you and he protects you. But they're all real proud of it. And I told you about the woman in, in our city that uh, was such a soul winner, got cancer, went to MD Anderson and, and got all these people saved that were down there in the hospital. Then she died. They said, oh, wasn't it wonderful what she did? Not that much. I mean, it was, but now she's gone. It, it was, and everybody was real proud of that right there. Uh, uh, Matthew chapter 7, here we are. You know this. We'll just uh, look at it for a second in verse uh, 21. Uh, the Lord Jesus, he said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. So just because we're doing good things... Even godly things. And we're giving and we're showing up in church and we're singing with zeal and we're, we're, we're loving the saints. All those things. We're laying hands on the sick. I am. You are. Doesn't mean that he's Lord. Is that right? He could be Lord. And somebody where he is Lord would be doing those things. But doing those things doesn't make him Lord. Lordship is right here in the heart. It's in the heart. And so you could be like this man that had the colon obstruction and doesn't know anything. I mean, as far as I know, he doesn't know anything. Matter of fact, he's mad at the church. He's had a big rift with the church years ago. Something happened, and everybody's got this story. Do you all know everybody's got the story of a pastor that didn't speak to him in the pew, reached over them and talked to Mary Lou and went back to Tommy Joe, and you were right in the middle and never said a word, and bless God, we ain't never going back again? Do you all know those people everywhere, the deacon that, that got caught sipping a little suds, and we just can't abide it, and so we're done. We're done with church. Well, those people are already done with church. They were just, they were just daring 
somebody to mess up so they could have a reason to be carnal. And so it says here in verse 21, praise God. Uh, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Well, that's never been an, that's never been part of it. We've been doing good things, but that doesn't mean it's the will of the Father. Did y'all know not every good thing is a good thing? Moses, I mean Moses, the man of God, he went 40 years on the backside of the wilderness just to learn to speak to Pharaoh 12 times. And the, the man of God came to him and said, the good thing you're doing, it's not that good. God's not even happy. And then he told him, appoint men, 50 men that, that, that can do this. They can decide between the beer cans over the fence and they can, they can decide, they can decide this stuff. I need you to do what only you can do. And I'm going to tell you all this morning, there's things that only you can do. In our city, for whatever, for whatever we're not this morning, for whatever we lackest, plenty, there's things that only we at River Church can do. And I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm just saying that he's called all of us to do it, and we've said yes to some things. I have. Have y'all? You're sitting here under this doctrine, which is... It's not a hard doctrine. It's just a hard doctrine in America. It's just that our culture doesn't like this doctrine because we're, we're having gospel light, and so it makes this seem like it's a hard gospel, but it's not a hard gospel. This is just the gospel. So he goes on there, and he said, uh, uh, well, he said, but he that doeth the will of my father, did you know that children know the will of their father? If they don't, they get their, you know what, busted. You know, do y'all know that? Don't, don't do this means don't do this. And when you do it and you knew the will of the Father, you're going to get busted or grounded or in the corner or time out. We should know the will of the Father. Uh, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? That's a good thing. And in thy name have cast out devils. Hey, that is wonderful. Help some folks. And in thy day, thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them. Look, this is hard. This is in your face. I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So doing good things out of the will of the Father, which means you were doing some things that, that, that kept you from doing the will of the Father. Are y'all getting this? You, you, well, Lord, I was prophesying. Yeah, but I called you to go over here and start a church or start a work or help somebody over here. And you were not there. That is the will of the Father. You're over here doing uh, your, your thing over here as a rebel. You're, you're over here not doing the will of the Father because you're saying, well, I'm feeding the hungry or I'm, uh, I'm prophesying and they all love me and my name's ever. You know what I'm talking about? Good things, but out of the will of the Father. He said, I never knew you. Therefore, whosoever, verse 24, here it is, heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. So what are the sayings of mine? Well, in his case, it was, would be what he spoke. Y'all, if, if the Lord prophesies to you, he's telling you the will that he's got for you. But if you don't write it down, if you don't get it and put it before your eyes, you don't know. You're just saying good enough is good enough. I'll just do what everybody else is doing. The Lord will be pleased with that. I'll go to church. I'll give. I'll serve. I'll go to the nursery. I'll whatever. That's good enough. 
And that's rebellion because he says, I have a specific will for your life, things that only you can do being at the right place at the right time. And if you're not in your place, you're a rebel. I mean, we say that at home. If we tell our, we tell our kid to mow the grass and he's, he's, he's across the street playing baseball, I'm dad, I'm having a social outreach with these kids and I'm trying to get them in Sunday school. Well, what about the grass? Well, I thought this was more important. Well, dad didn't think it was more important. He's got, you know, he's, I'm, I, I'm trying not to get deep on this, but you understand. He's a little pickier than we think he should be. But we're a little picky when we have someone that's sick in our house and we need God to show up. And we need him to do his word. We need him to do his word, but we haven't been willing to do his word. Amen. Well, we'll go on. I'll just finish this up. Therefore, whoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, they beat upon the house. This is life, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. The rock is doing what Jesus tells you. Now, the only way you can do what Jesus tells you is if you make him Lord. You'll always excuse out. I've done it a gazillion times. And I, he doesn't punish me. Let me tell you all something. Let, oh, whoa, let's stop right here. We're in the day of grace. And if you're waiting for pressure from heaven to say, I told you, don't make me come in there because I told you what to do. And if you don't do it, it's going to be hard for you. You're going to lose your job. Your kid's going to get sick. Your car's going to break down. That is not happening in the in the... We're in a dispensation of grace right now, and it doesn't matter if you are hell-bent, if you are full of self, if you are... God is still going to meet you with everything heaven's got. It is, don't you know, it's the goodness of God that leadeth men to change. He is not punishing anybody. You'll have seed time and harvest. You'll, you'll reap what you sow. If you, cheat, if you cheat your neighbor, somebody's going to cheat you. But it's not God. It's just the matter of the world. But there is no punishment. There is no judgment in the earth right now, except just the natural things. If you jump off the house, there's a judgment in when you land. There's a judgment because the law of gravity and the law of, of hitting the ground, <laughs> it's just all, it's all in there. But there's nothing from heaven that says, I am tired of you bucking me. I'm fixing to put an end to this. There is none of that. None, 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 none. There will be, there will be when Jesus comes and they have tribulation, all this stuff's off. But right now God's saying, you know, that little buck, I can really use him. He's going his own way. He's doing his own thing. But boy, get him filled with the Holy Ghost and he could tear up some stuff. He could, he could build the kingdom. And he is just, he sees us from the end, not from the middle or the beginning. And he is working your plan out. Am I right? I'm right. So you can't wait and say, you know, if it gets tough enough down here, if I don't like what God's doing back, when uh, pushing back, then I'll serve him. He's never going to push back. So you'll go all your life saying, well, God seemed to be pleased with the way I was living it because he never did punishment. He's not going to, but he's still not pleased. He's still wooing you, drawing you, saying, do it my way. This thing, I'll fund you if you'll do it my way. You're on your own over here. I don't have to finish what I don't start. So you're over here doing your thing instead of doing my thing. 
You better get a second job. You better hope Uncle Jack leaves you something because I'm not funding that. But I'd fund you over here. That was, that was worth the whole message right there. Hallelujah. That was good. Amen. Well, I could tell you, and we, sh we sh could, but I'll just tell you this. Tithing is not about money. Tithing is lordship. Is the only thing, the tithe is only, you are self-administered. No one's calling you saying, hey, I talked to your boss and he said he gave you a raise and we didn't see anything in the, the tithe was the same. Where's this money? Nobody's going to call. <laughs> Nobody's going to say, I think you're holding out. This is not, where, where else are you tithing? No, no, no. None of that's going on. It's, it is, you're on your own. It's lordship. It is not financial. So do what you will. Interface with lordship any way you want to. I, I got off my sand fighter on Sundays. Just didn't crank it up. Matter of fact, my dad would come get my sand fighter on Sundays. He said, I need another tractor. Use yours. No, sir, not till Monday morning. I need it back Monday morning. He said, well, we need Manuel to be on that thing. We need Jose to be on that one. So he would go and use my stuff on Sunday because I wasn't using it. Isn't that a good testimony? Because he never did need it. It never did blow. It never blew on Sunday. It never blew until I got my stuff done starting on Monday. That's the best testimony. I never could preach to my dad, but he always knew I was on the edge and God always came through. God always did what I said he would do, and that's what he'll do for you and me. So do what you will with your life, but I'll tell you, it'll pay. He loves lordship. There isn't anything else. And you know what's what heaven's going to be? Nobody's bucking the system in heaven. Nobody's saying, you know, I don't like the way this place is run. <laughs> you know, kick you out, and there's just one place to kick you. You're not going to like that too good either. No, nobody's going to be squabbling in heaven because there's justice in heaven. It's all right, and everybody knows what's right. Down here, we are self-promoting, but up there, Jesus is in charge. So, Lord, we thank you for revealing yourself through the word even today again about the things you'll do and have for us if we will just do what you said, that we are bought with a price, we are not our own. Therefore, Jesus is Lord. He owns us. He, you own us, Lord. You're in charge of our... You redeemed us for our future according to heaven's plan. So, Lord, I thank you all over this house. We are people that want, if anything, we want Jesus as Lord. We ask you to show us how that should play out in our lives. What are we doing that is fearful? What are we doing that's, that's unlawful? It's okay, but we're not getting by with much. Lord, we want to do it your way. I say, Lord, I surrender in Jesus' name. I am second. I, am, I come off of first in everything that I'm first. I come second. And Jesus is Lord. Amen. 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 Well, y'all get it. Y'all pray for me that I'll find, a, I'll find the next subject because I think I'm through. <laughs> I've said that before, though, and came back. But anyway, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to have a great summer. Here's what we're going to do. Let me tell you about July. You may have seen it on the calendar. Everybody's going to be gone in July, or a lot of people are. 
And we just don't, we just, it's just not right. Now, y'all can say this isn't right, but I believe it is right. It's just not right to come on Wednesday night and just hardly anybody be here. I prepare my heart out. I get it ready for 300 people. I'm telling you, I never punt. I never come in and say, well, there's just this many. Y'all are special. So the Lord put it in my heart. We're just not going to come up. We're just not going to show up on Wednesday in July. Now, I told the pastor what I was going to do. He said, dear Lord, if I gave them July off on Wednesdays, they'd never show up in August. But I'm not afraid of that. I mean, because we can do anything we want. You, you, you don't have to wait for a, four weeks to be off on Wednesday to say, because this isn't what church is. Church is a blessing. And if it's not a blessing, stay home or go somewhere else to whatever. Play, play bingo on Wednesday. So if it's, not, if it's not paying for your life, we, we're not going to do anything to keep you. But I think we're supposed to take off Wednesday. I want to run up and down the road myself. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's going to be hotter than blue blazes. I'm going to Texas this next. It's, I'm going to go to Texas this next week, and I'm going to be gone some. I got good folks in here f- to take care of us. But if, that, if, if, uh, if you say, well, he's not going to be here, I'm not going to be here, we'll sail on. I'm changed, y'all. By grace are we saved through faith. My needs are met. River Church is met. And if you want to play games, that'd be okay with me. Jesus is Lord or he's not. So I'm just trusting y'all to do right, and y'all always do. We, if we don't have finances on Wednesday, you know, it just whatever. So everybody just does. They just put in their Wednesday offering anyway. But do what you want. I, don't, don't mistake my, my to think that I don't care, but I just don't want to put pressure on anybody. I'm going to do right. The Lord's done right by me. I'm going to do right by him. But I'm, I, my place here is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. But I am not your nanny or your tutor or, you know, whatever. I am just the pastor. I am just the pastor. And I am the pastor, but... Be what you want to. Amen. So we're going to take off Wednesday. I, I'd like to do something on the 4th, but I hadn't figured out what it is yet. And uh, my children usually buy $200 worth of firecrackers, which is not that much. And we blow up the street. You know, the next morning there's just shrapnel everywhere, uh, firecracker shrapnel. But I don't know what we're going to do. But we one year we had home. Y'all remember we came over to my house and we had homemade ice cream. That was a great thing. So we're going to figure out something. This is just June. And we're going to have fun. Jacob's getting married in the middle of the month. Yay. So we're getting a new daughter-in-law. I don't know if we'll see her, but Jacob's happy, so we're happy. Used to, that would bother me. Like, ah, but now like, yes, go do it, son. Go do it. Have a, have a great life. Amen. So I bless you in Jesus' name to have a testimony in June that you can't wait to share on Sunday. You go, wow, this is better than anything he's ever showed up with. Lord, you are awesome. You are amazing. You are so good to us. We are fearless. We are without fear, and we're without care. We're not careless, but we're without care. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, we cast our care upon you because you said you care for us. And, Lord, we just get off our tractor. Lord, we just shut down our water. Lord, we just, we just give the plains a rest coming over our land or whatever that means to everybody. Lord Jesus, we want you to be Lord, and we're given a place for it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. I love you so much. We, Deborah and I love you, and we're just excited about you. So have a good week.